club. The Joy Club. Amen. Amen. I was uh I saw that movie. Well I didn't see it, I just I didn't watch it, you know, I just know about stuff. You know how it is. The saints know about everything. And uh, uh and so I said I was thinking about it. I said, Well God, we got a joy club. We got a joy club. So I don't know what theirs was about, but ours <laughs> So I tell you about a club that I belong to. So <laughs> Amen. And anybody can join this club. Uh it, it the world doesn't know it exists. So this is the thing. It's something that the world has no knowledge of. But they can. There's a way that you can get in. There's unlimited membership. There's no membership fee. It's not limited. You don't have to be of a certain uh, background or interest or race or color or religion or anything like that to join. And it's not hard to find your way here. There's no dues. There's no initiation rights or fees, no hazing, no whatever. <laughs> Man. So it's been totally paid for. You can have eternal membership that's totally paid for. And uh, you know, there's there are different ways of getting into this club. Sometimes you're not even wanting to join anything. And you just wind up in the joy club. Amen. Find your way there uh, supernaturally. God has a path. The Bible says that the lion's whelp has not tried. And that's something nobody knows it exists but God. And so he will find you on that. And he will initiate you, induct you, and have a big ceremony, a red carpet event just for you. Amen. Amen. It's a blood red carpet that leads you into the joy club. So this club actually begins with salvation. In Psalm 51, he says here in verse 12. Well, we'll start. This is a, a psalm of David that he prayed and asked God to cleanse him, forgive him of his sins. And so forth. He says in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So that's the beginning of the joy club, amen, where you are, are restored, renewed, and cleansed, amen. And he says, Cast me not away from your presence. Hmm? Don't cast me away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Hmm? Restore, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. So there's joy in salvation. That's the first place we really find it. That's our first initiation into the joy club. Amen. When you repent of your sins, you're washed clean. And there is a joy that comes with that washing. Amen. There must be. There has to be a a joy of uh, God's joy must come into our hearts, where we know that we know that we know that the past is forgiven, that we are new creatures, that old things are passed away, everything's new, nothing's being held against us anymore. There's great joy and rejoicing when you get out of prison. Amen. You know, many times we're in a life, as sinners, we're in a life that's a life of bondage and we think we're free. 
And we look at the Christian and think he's bound and we don't want what he has. But really it's the reverse. So there is a joy that comes when this mystery is unveiled to us. Anytime you've been looking at things wrong and thought you were right. I can remember when I was first saved. I would sit there and think for a while. I said, God, I can't believe I thought I was really happy. I thought I thought I was right. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was on the right road. And, and I found out all this is here. You know, and then when you start speaking in tongues, it's like more opens up. That I can't believe it was another door. Huh? The first door blew my mind, but then we got another door that opens up the gifts of the Spirit and, and life in the Spirit. So that you can take God with you everywhere you go. Amen? I can remember going from meeting to meeting and I would feel good and joyful in the meeting. And then I think about going home and say, oh boy, I got to go back to my old life. And then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and he came home with me and stayed with me. And I mean the presence of God. I'm not talking about just a feeling, but the reality of God and the presence of God and and knowing that he was there and, and I have a friend, a companion, never to be lonely again. It's a wonderful thing. So that's enough right there to be joyful about. It's enough to be joyful about. The Joy Club is a club of blessing. It is a blessed club. Man, to be blessed means to be happy and joyful and satisfied and pleased. It means to be pleasant and pleasant to be around. I just get so tired of Christians that had no joy, no life, no, you know, just a bunch of deadness. You know, perpetrating life, I think. You know, they were trying to pretend to be alive. But they were in so much death. And I thought to myself, I said, boy, this is a blessed club. This is a club to 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 know that you're well off. I mean, and you can be joyful to be around and pleasant to be around. And not uh, somebody that, yeah, I can remember going to religious churches. And the, the first thing they do when you come in is look you up and down give you the inspection you know and then they fold the arms and keep their distance from you and all that you know nonsense just religious nonsense to keep people feeling insecure when God has given us the greatest security that there is you know he sheds his blood and gives it to us and then man puts on religion tries to take it away and that's something and so when we're when we're blessed people we are pleasant to be around uh, now you know it's your job people may say oh boy here comes that Christian again but I tell you when when times are rough they run in there all up in your grill trying to find out well you know what you think about this and what you know I had this problem and I had that problem so I always say don't ever feel offended because of their rejection because Chances are they will need you before you need them. You got me? You're there for them, not the reverse. So in Matthew 5, it talks about who can get into this club. So you're born again. You have the joy of your salvation. But there are certain other qualifications. After you're saved, 
life starts happening to you. You start understanding the challenge that you're up against when you're up against the world. It's a big challenge. And God has to provide everything that we need to keep that challenge. So Jesus talks now and he's talking specifically about the kingdom of God. And he's explaining to people what this kingdom is like. Why do we need to do that? Because in in Israel... People were accustomed to the religious system that was set up there. There's no life in it. A bunch of laws, rules and regulations that they could not keep. But the leaders there pretended that they were keeping them and the other people weren't able to. And so Jesus has to tell people that that system is going to fade away. And there is a real system now coming that I'm talking about that you can get involved in. And, and these are your qualifications for getting in. <clears throat> so we commonly refer to these as the Beatitudes. But these are the qualifications for getting into the joy club. Amen. In verse 3 it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be poor in spirit means to be um, lacking in understanding, lacking in goodness, lacking in strength. You know as evidenced by a life that's not very joyful. A life that's not very peaceful. A life that's not very pleasant. And he says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Which means that you have now entry into a kingdom that's full of righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit Hmm? when you're poor in spirit you qualify because yours is the kingdom of heaven sometimes being poor in spirit means being a saved person with a lot of victories under your belt but now you're at a crossroads and you don't know what to do see this can this poorness in spirit can come along upon you at any time where you need answers and you don't have any you know your best your best buddies that always pray with you and always know everything sometimes you can't even tell them what it is that's going on on the inside of you sometimes you don't know what's wrong with you you know something's missing you know you need something from god and he's the only well he says come on in no, that's your that's your invitation to get into the joy club, because he says yours then is the kingdom. You, there's room for you in the kingdom. There's an answer for you in the kingdom. That's your entry point to get to get into this door. No, not many Pharisees and Sadducees qualified because they thought they had it all. The religious never get in because they they have it all. They got all the answers. They know everything. And they don't ever have any problems and all this kind of stuff. They're riding high all the time. But if you know your situation and you know your need and you know that there are some things that are are missing in your life and some things you're up against that you don't have the answers are, you qualify. huh? You qualify. God will let you in. Verse 4, blessed are they that mourn. For they shall be comforted. Amen. Now that word comfort means to have a wholeness imparted to you. And a fullness imparted to you. By one who comes along to strengthen you. Huh? So really when you're mourning you need strength. You need support. You need encouragement. And you need joy. 
Huh? The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night. Psalm 30. I'll turn there for you. Keep your, your hand in this one. And this is your anti-depression scripture. I I would I would hit that one a lot when I first found the Lord. It's it's one of those scriptures that you you know it'll snap you back into your right mind when you when you think you you're gonna go downhill. And he says here, <clears throat> for his anger endures but for a moment. Sing unto the Lord, you saints. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness in verse 4. For his anger endures but for a moment. In his favor is life. Huh? In his favor is life. That means that, that God will speak to somebody and speak your name to them. And that person will either pray or send a word to you that brings life to you. Huh? In his favor there's life. You know what? When, when, when God is in your life and he's in control of your life, wrong people never get to you. Huh? You ever been in a situation where you know that, that you don't have any answers and you know that you could get depressed for life and all of that. And God will always have the right people speak the right word at the right time to you huh or if something comes to you of a negative nature you find something within you to overcome that you know he will cause it to work for your good even when the enemy means it for bad for you you got me he'll sit up you rise up and get that person an answer you say hmm I ain't as bad a shape as I thought I was where'd that come from give me some more of that huh and so we begin to understand that there is a, a, a goodness here and a power here that God bestows upon us. He sends it before we call. He knows exactly what's coming. I always look at it this way. While, while we're getting the words out, it comes right in our face. Before we, we call, he answers. While we are yet speaking, he appears and his answer appears for us. And he says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He says, and in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Anybody ever felt like that? We, you know, we're doing good. We won't be moved. But then all of a sudden, we're moved by something. And that life. Isn't that the way it is? When you're riding high, you feel strong. And you say, hmm, this is so good. I never, who was that person I used to be down there crying and carrying on? And then something happens in life that moves you. Uh, It'll move you sometimes. But he says, weeping only endures for a night. Don't, Don't try to lengthen your nights. Huh? Don't try to lengthen your nights. You know, for the people that would want to come and just rub on you and pity you and wallow with you and never help you get up. Ask God to cause them people for their tongue to stick in the roof of their mouth. That they can't talk to you and keep you down there. Because you're not entitled to be out of joy for that long a period of time. You're in the joy club. So he says that the, the, the mourners... You're weeping. Only endures for a night. I've had that happen to me where I would, you know, when my husband passed away, it was, you know, it was something that I knew could happen, but we were holding out for a miracle for him. And so I could, I could sense grief 
coming at me and then I began to sense joy coming and it was a back and forth for a while and then the joy would always win out and God would take my mind to something you know that that was kind of humorous or something that was funny or something that was would bring life back to me you know you don't have to let your spirit uh suffer you know your spirit to be oppressed and pressed down because of uh emotions because you're stronger than that there's more strength in you than that now i don't begrudge people their feelings you, you know you don't want to uh trivialize what what people go through you don't want to minimize it but the other part too is that you don't want the enemy to come in and pervert it and make it bigger than what it is because we know we have these resources available to us so the people who mourn are are they're you know charter members of the joy club amen i've mourned off and on in my life and probably will do some more we all will it's a part of life losing things losing people people moving away children growing up and going off that's all part of it but we're we're entitled to one night and then joy comes in the morning it just comes you don't have to look for it you don't have to work it up you don't have to call your favorite person to do but it comes in the morning amen I can remember uh, people who knew me, uh, they could tell if I was going through difficulty, I would get my clock sisters out. There's nothing too hard for God. You know, though. (laughs) And I'd be up there with my woo. But those those minstrel gifts minister to you. You know, I mean, there are some things we can do to help ourselves. You know, people get in my car if that's playing. I say, yeah, I got it. She going through, but it's through. Amen. You're going to see me on the other side real soon because I'm going through. Amen. Job 38.7 talks about the sons of God shouting for joy. Mm-hmm. Your son and a daughter of God. There's a joy inside of you. Man, there's a joy inside of you. Praise the Lord. Job, I think it was 38. This is uh, God speaking to Job. Talking about uh comparing Job's wisdom to his Job was sitting there for all that time trying to give answers to his messed up friends they were more messed up than he was in their understanding of God and God's listening to this for days and they're going back and forth giving each other their little minuscule wisdom so God starts to ask Job some stuff can you tell me this and can you tell me that and he says who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge that's us when we're trying to be wise amen don't know answers and he says verse 6 whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened talking about the foundations of the earth and who laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy so the sons of God shout for joy when you're a son of God you shout for joy you shout at the creation you shout at the awesomeness of God you shout at the knowledge of God you shout for joy that he's your father that you've been adopted amen you have papers 
of adoption by God signed in the blood of Jesus amen mediated by the Holy Spirit so whenever the Holy Spirit makes you aware in your heart of the love of God you have reason to shout for joy amen shout for joy you can shout all day long amen and never stop because of who you are in God and that you know God in verse 5 it said blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth meek people are unassuming gentle somewhat thought to be insignificant in the earth they don't boast in their own power or their own strength and God says that they'll inherit the earth in other words you don't have to be a forceful person you don't have to be a physically strong person. You don't have to be a person that that uh, uh, is trying to blow his own horn. That kind of thing. You can still be a meek, gentle person. But you have an inheritance coming. You don't have to fight for it so to speak. You don't have to pit yourself against the world and struggle. And, and, and uh, you know have something back to say to everybody. You can hold your peace. And let God fight your battles and still be an heir of God. It's a wonderful thing. It's a, a stress free life. The joy life is. In verse 6 he said blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled people do you wrong you want righteousness you want justice you want righteousness to come forth you're in a sinful situation sometimes you know if you're the only person saved in your household you got to live with people who talk bad to you talk bad about you in your job in your work setting you've got all kinds of people run you're hungering and you're thirsting after righteousness you know you would prefer to be in the company of the saints all the time so that you can breathe and so he says you're a candidate for this amen God will visit you with his joy you'll be able to go into your job and just breathe through it and people want to make you uncomfortable and vex you and they see it's not working because the joy of God is there to meet them every single time you know it's a wonderful thing to be an overcomer I can remember my my I was saved about 10 years before my husband came to Christ 10 years or more and I would sometimes I would laugh I would uh, think about something or or I would be in the middle of sharing something with him and I start to laugh about it and he said do you have to do that <laughs> I said bingo <laughs> I like my devil's upset uh, I like my devil's upset and so I, I mean seriously sometimes you're in those situations I don't know what kind of people y'all unsaved household y'all come from <laughs> backslid halfway there halfway not there but sometimes it's tough you know and God will give you a weapon that makes the devil uncomfortable you want them uncomfortable around you not comfortable not that there's there isn't peace in your home but when you start getting too comfortable with them and they're too comfortable with you there's you've lost your edge some kind of way see there's you know and it's hard sometimes because you know that was my husband but I knew I loved God more and I wasn't deliberately trying to upset him but the fact that I lived with God and lived for God God did that to him. God messed his mind all up like that. It kept him uncomfortable. I remember the time I and I thought I thought he really seriously 
didn't want God and didn't want me to have God because he was so anti everything I did. And I remember I, he was fussing at me and well, that church you go to. Like, ah, these people and these Christians on television. He's just going to a harangue about it off and on. And, and he was harassing me about church one time. And I just got mad. I said, well, I'm not going anymore. And he looked kind of shocked at me, but he didn't say anything when Sunday came. I was sitting there around. The, well, you're not going for real? Huh? See, when they when you get in the flesh like they do, that scares them. Huh? They want you over in the spirit where they can harass you and it's a you against them kind of thing, but when you jump over with them, then they scared. Huh? So I said, Well, I thought you didn't want me to well, I just was, you know, I did I didn't think you would just I said, Yeah, right. Right. Devil. So anyway, I continued going to church and you know the brother started giving me money? Before he was fussing about, yeah, always giving my checks to them people. <laughs> and then after a while, he started paying me to go. Huh? That's more like it. The devil will pay you to serve God. Huh? <laughs> so that was my graduation day. I consider that my day of promotion. Amen. I got paid to go to church. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm serious. Why not make the devil pay for stuff? Huh? I remember, I, I don't know if I can tell this or not, Pastor Shirley, but you you all know the story. Many years ago, before we, right as we were starting the ministry, her husband, who we found out was on drugs, had been on cocaine for a number of years, moved in with this other woman. And so, you know, we I would tell her, I said, well, I said, the only thing I know to do, I says, we got to tell God to to keep money aside for you and the kids and she'd roll her eyes <laughs> here we go with your stuff again but we did it you know we've in those days whatever we agreed upon you know we're just so anxious to tell god what we needed <laughs> come on god here we just believed him you know and uh he would come over from work and she said i noticed that he he would he would put have my money set aside in his shirt pocket and would pull it out and give it to me she said and I thought all this time I was going to have a hard time getting money from him and I said well I said uh I said you know we're the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just I said we shouldn't be having to pay sinners they pay us and so we stood on that and we found out some years later her children had some outstanding dental bills which she never had to pay and we found out this skank i said skank in church okay write it down and make a note of it what's today's date i said skank in church (laughs) that he was living with paid her children's dental bills off you got me so the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just you can make the devil pay your bills you got me it should never be the other way around why are we taking God's holy treasury and giving it to the world and giving it to sinners should never be praise the Lord now God worked that out we didn't even ask him who was going we just stood on the word then God heard us Praise the Lord. Didn't come out of her pocket. She didn't get sued or anything. Praise God. So the meek shall inherit the earth. 
sinners then in verse 6 when we hunger and thirst for righteousness we will be filled we will get righteousness we will get righteous judgment we will get righteousness judged on our behalf huh when you're you're bound in sin yourself you can't quit this you can't quit that you know there've been so many people over the years that we prayed for that were bound one thing or another can't quit smoking can't quit taking drugs can't quit you can because if you hunger and thirst for that devil that monkey to get off your back you will be filled with righteousness and he'll leave there's no devil that can stand in a righteous temple trust me amen cast them all out verse 7 blessed are the merciful always be a person who shows mercy and not harsh judgment don't be a judgmental Christian just let some things go you know you'll know some things are wrong and and all of that but you don't have to make a big deal out of it you know show mercy toward people because you're going to need that for yourself he says you'll obtain mercy and mercy always brings God's joy with it amen always brings God joy it, it, you know sometimes you'll think about all the times uh, you know sometimes people are <laughs> so stupid if it's, it's um, on true TV I'm crazy that's the craziest station they show every crazy thing on there parking wars where the parking meter people and people will get a parking ticket and they've been parking wrong for like a whole year and get one ticket out of all the times that they've broken the law Christians you get caught speeding you get one speeding ticket you know you speed every day pretty much huh everybody goes up five miles ten miles huh? everybody you get late going somewhere and try to make up that time but you have been shown mercy because God will just let you correct yourself and hope you correct yourself and then when you don't correct yourself and you about it's got to get out of hand he'll have you stopped and get a ticket well think at all the mercy that you've been shown in the meantime it's not because there's no cops out there when I was a sinner they catch me all the time huh but you're a believer now and you're being shown mercy because you have a greater government on the inside of yourself you have the Holy Spirit who can govern you and make you obedient to these laws so when you uh, you need to be merciful we have room to and that doesn't mean you tell people sin is okay that just means you don't condemn them you offer to pray for them you offer to pray with them so that they can be overcomers of that and don't have to be bound by it amen verse 8 the pure in heart are candidates for the joy club blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God because they are sons of God the pure in heart always get the the answers word of knowledge word of wisdom because there's no judgment on the inside of you you pray with people if you pray by the spirit pray pray by the Holy Spirit God will give you answers for people when you're trying to figure out figure people out that's where you get into trouble 
See, your heart's not pure because there's something in you trying to figure things out. But if your heart's pure before God, I can remember when I first started to to prophesy and God would tell me, he said, now you can't know what I'm going to say before you you get in the spirit. He said, so, and I would always check myself and somebody would say, well, do you have a word for me? (laughs) Yeah, but you don't want it. You don't want my word. Nah, oh, it's an old prophet joke. Come on, lighten up. But I, I was, I would always say, well, let me pray and see what, see what God has for you. Yeah, guilty. That's my word for you. No, but ah, oh, lighten up. It's a joke. But uh, go home. <laughs> I remember that time the um uh in Promise Keepers uh who was the coach the guy that was a coach that was in charge of Promise Keepers McCarthy or something like that he was in Colorado or was one of the colleges in Colorado or something like that and uh and he was an anointed man of God and he just thought himself as just you know a coach and I want to get together with the guys and and he would start to preach and and he would say and and uh, guys you know he's like that, like he's in the locker room guys and God would anoint him almost without him and really without him knowing too much he was such a humble man he I think he finally wound up just not doing the ministry anymore he resigned a couple of times but he should have stayed with it because he's very powerful and he said and guys we need to quit this. Uh, uh, cheating on our wives and and the half the stadium would empty out and they would they went down to um, you know the the lobby area where they sell the concession area and there'd be a line at the phone booth before cell phones were real common men calling up their girlfriends telling them they couldn't see them anymore just this man telling them what they should do caused such conviction to come on them. They felt to do it right away. Right away. So he brought a lot of people to repentance. Why? Because he was pure in heart. He wasn't trying to know what anybody was doing or make them feel bad on purpose. But he was just declaring how to live for God. And so he was able, he would always get prophetic words like that that people would obey immediately because of that amen verse 9 those who are peacemakers qualify peacemakers meaning those who carry peace with them that peace comes to you on the inside people who strive always tend to want to judge things you know judgment carries strife with it for instance, if if I know that Marsha and her, say one of her children, are not speaking to one another. I don't want to make sides and find out who's right. That's not important. To a peacemaker, what's important is reconciliation. You don't go into it investigating. Uh, this is the wrong time for that. It's been investigated already at the cross. Huh? Everybody that's wrong got right at the cross. So there's no right and wrong issues anymore. You got me? Because sin is not an issue anymore. There are no right and wrong people anymore. 
because people can go the way of God and be right people you got me so this issue of who did what when and how they did it and all that kind of stuff is not an issue to God anymore and peacemakers understand that they want to get in there and find out how to bring the parties back together again in harmony how to bring them back together again in covenant and how to bring them back again in everlasting peace amen and it it takes a real gift to be able to do that even though you may have strong feelings in your heart about certain things you know you you have to understand that there's a place in God somewhere where these people can be brought back together again amen Nelson Mandela was able to do that he spent so many years in prison wrongfully jailed just because he hated apartheid their system of of uh excluding blacks and people of different color and all this kind of nonsense you know that people perpetrate because they're ignorant and blinded and don't know god you know i mean you know if if your kids if you were the father of all the children in the universe You'd have to make them look different to tell them apart. (laughs) Well, I know I can go over to Asia and I can tell them from the ones in. (laughs) You got to make them different colors in order to tell them apart. Just thinking, just saying, okay, just saying. If I was God, I'd have to make them look a little different, you know. I used to accuse my sister Jackie of just giving us the same pictures. You know, she'd have her babies. And I said, that's the same baby picture you gave me with that last one you had. They all looked exactly alike. Oh. But it's God's design. It's God's mind that he made people different colors. And he didn't make us different colors to oppress and put down one another. Amen. I think it's amazing now you know blacks had always been ridiculed for our features facial features you know large lips <laughs> now people getting stuff put pumped in their lips and they look crazy it looks natural on us but when somebody give you an injection and pump yours up and they you know and all this plastic surgery people get and they're trying to get stuff they used to make fun of people it's old haters old jealous haters now y'all are ridiculed you know god will turn that around on people i'm telling you you watch god work and see if he won't make the same people that ridiculed you be ridiculed for the same thing so praise the lord i'm not saying anybody here is guilty but praise god anyway just don't get on that side of being stupid you know be making fun of people you don't know what god had in mind when he made them but nelson mandela did something very unique where he would have hearings he didn't have hearings to find everybody guilty yeah, reconciliate truth and reconciliation healing hearings where he would have uh, 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 the the what you call it archbishop bishop uh, desmond tutu mediated with some other uh, uh, religious leaders in that country because they were respected by people it's interesting people can get real stupid except for when there's somebody godly they can win the hearts of the people 
And he used them to mediate not judgment in putting people in, in jail for past sins or past crimes against people. But it was truth and reconciliation. And there were people who had, had done things that were criminal. That were able to be forgiven by the other side so that people can live together in harmony. You know if you keep putting people in jail and keep hunting people down what good does that ever do? Huh? You might punish the guilty but you don't get a peace to be laid down between people. And so peacemakers understand that their role is peace and not anything else. You know, he says, you shall be called the children of God. Amen. The kingdom is yours with the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. Verse 10, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness sake. Don't have to get mad at anybody because they treat you bad because you're a Christian. I know that happens sometimes. But you know that there's joy coming to you. If you're persecuted, he says, so persecuted they the prophets of old. So you're in good company when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. For doing the right thing, you get persecuted. He said, blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake. Not for things you do wrong. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Repent and get right. Hunger and thirst for righteousness and you're back in the club again. Uh, but when you're falsely accused for for the gospel, you you qualify for the joy club. God will send word to you that will bring joy, that will rescue you, that will pull you out of this uh, you know situation where you feel like everybody's against you. You know you can you can feel that way. I can remember when I was first uh, first starting in ministry, and I was in a church, and you know being faithful. It seemed like everybody in that church disliked me I mean it was horrible you know I knew I had to go but you know you go and you go in enemy territory you know they claim that they were spirit filled and I found out most of them weren't they just talk you know religious people talk and uh, it got really really hard just to go and to sit there but it forced me to to get in my word even more you know, whenever life is hard on the outside, you have an inside to go to. You get, I, I lived in the book of Exodus where Moses led the people out, where they came out with a high hand, all of that kind of stuff. To put victory on the inside of me so that I could endure and get to my victory. Not endure just to stay there and be beaten up. But I knew there was a day coming where God would set me free. And I had to learn how to overcome religion because that's the biggest enemy of the church. It is not the world. The world wants what we have. Religion's already rejected it. You got me? Religion has already rejected Christ. Huh? What did Pilate say? Now it, the, the, the religious leaders put Christ to death folks. The world didn't want to have any. What did Pilate say? So, uh, my wife had a dream about that man. I'm washing my hands out of it. And he tried to spare Jesus' life. So the world sometimes, if, if, if they have a need, they know they can freely come to God. You try to get a religious person healed. I triple dog dare you. They got an answer for everything. They're already doing everything you tell them to do. 
They are waiting on their father to come for them. And I'm thinking father that came and went already. And left me here to help you. Huh? They don't want to go to anybody's church and get ministered. They don't want to do anything huh? that, that has to do with humility. And so we'll have to realize this that that in in dealing with things, you know, the Bible tells us that we can can reach people in a certain way, but you are blessed when you get persecuted for these things because and and, and he says later in verse 12 to rejoice and be exceeding glad. See? Exceeding glad. Let your joy exceed their persecution. Let your joy exceed their condemnation. Let your joy exceed. He says for great is your reward in heaven. Because this is the way they persecute the prophets. So when these you find yourself in these places folks. You qualify for the joy club. Jesus says just start rejoicing. I'll come and I'll rejoice with you. We'll overcome in a great way. Because I know that this is the way out of any difficulty. Is the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord folks. It's the joy of the Lord. In fact James 1 tells us. To count it all joy. Like an accountant. James 1 to brethren my brethren count it all joy when you fall <laughs> huh? into diverse temptations in other words when you're being persecuted because you love God and you refuse to back down off your stand off your prayer count it all joy when your 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 children start to act up, they rebel against you, rebel against God. All of the things that you put into them, it seems like they don't know, they forgot, or they were sleeping when you told them, or they talk back to you and don't want God anymore, don't want to come to church, and count it all joy when you when your husband starts acting funny. And he a deacon, a demon, a deacon, demon, whatever at a church. By vow, huh? Or you know, the he just got married. You thought he was a godly man, huh? Swinging from the chandelier, dragging his knuckles across the floor. That's a sign. Huh? That's a sign. And married to a gorilla, huh? Don't want nothing but bananas for breakfast. That's a sign. It's a sign. Count it all joy. It's your gorilla you married. Hope that covers everything. When you fall into different kinds of temptations. Because you know this. This you got to know. You can't let that what's going on wrong be the last word. You got to know something. You got to know that the trying of your faith works. Oh this is trying my faith. I thought it was about him. No it's about you honey. The trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have her maturing or perfecting work. That you may be perfect, whole, and entire, lacking nothing. And then if you lack wisdom, 
Ask of God who gives you liberally and doesn't upbraid you, but ask in faith, nothing wavering. If you don't, you know, if you don't ask in faith, you won't get it. So really, when you fall into these different troubles, you don't need to be whining to the saints. And you don't need to fall prostrate on the, the floor of the altar and grab the horns and don't let them go. Until your situation straightens up. You need to know something. <laughs> But you got a patient because this is going to work you a while. That's all he's saying. Is it ain't going to be one of them where you confess at it and it leaves you. This thing, you're going to have to work with this for a while. You got me? There's some things you just got to work with them for a while. You understand what I'm saying? They don't go away quickly. And he says, count it. Let me see. Married an a, a ungodly, godly husband. Yeah. <laughs> Deacon, demon, husband, backsliding, acting foolish, talking about going somewhere. I want to help him pack, but cross. Kids acting up. Job is funny. Just got fired. Total it. Joy. Count it all joy. Add it all up. Uh, take all your knots, no-nos, problems, takeaways. Add them all up and they come to joy. Because God is going to work something in you that you will not get any other way. You won't get it any other way. People have tried to appropriate maturity. You don't get it any other way. You don't get it any other way. You just have to stand. Jesus said you're going to have trouble anyway. In other words you're going to have more than the average saint does. He spoke them words to the church. He wasn't talking to the world. The world's got trouble and don't even know it because they like trouble. The saints don't like it. So he says in the world you're going to have trouble but be of good. Because I've overcome it. So that's the other one we're coming. Warriors belong to this club. Huh? Warriors belong to this club. Zechariah 10.5 Oh, you think this is just a bunch of whiny, wimpy people that, you know, just falling on their last foot or something like that? No, 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 no. We got all kinds in this club. Oh, boy. I should have put my uh, (laughs) bookmark in there. Yeah, somebody read that thing for me. <laughs> Zechariah 10.5. <laughs> I'm going to be like, who is that? Somebody always have people read for them. And then they interrupt them. <laughs> while they read. And he said, what? Stop. <laughs> All right, I found Zechariah. Sorry about that, gang. <clears throat> 10 verse 5. He says, <clears throat> And they shall be as mighty men which tread down their enemies in the mire of the street of battle. In other words, you're just walking and stepping on people. Huh? They shall be like mighty men which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. And they shall fight because the Lord is with them. And the rioters, in other words, are strong people. People with power. Huh? People trying to get you fired. People trying to besmirch your name. 
pal. They're the ones who are going to be confused. They'll say, I thought we had her on the ropes. I thought we had him on the ropes. And now they didn't got, got free? Got the job back? Got the restored? How would that happen? Because you're in the joy club. Huh? How can you step on the heads of your enemies unless you're fearless before them? Huh? You're fearless before the enemy. Amen? In Exodus chapter 15. You know, Israel was a, a group of people who had been so oppressed by the, the Egyptians. They were afraid to do anything. You know, they were slaves. The Egyptians had finally got them in bondage and working for them. They were afraid to do anything against Pharaoh. They were afraid to, to uh, almost to obey Moses. It took Moses many, many opportunities of speaking to them to get them convinced to even follow him out of Egypt. Telling him about the things that God had shared with them, you know, and preaching to them and, and trying to help them. So we finally gathers the people, it's time to go. And when they go out, they see all this obstacle before them. Huh? The Red Sea was there and they couldn't swim and couldn't swallow all that water. You understand what I'm saying? So they had to believe in supernatural help from God. God finally was able to divide the waters. And while they watched, they saw that God treated the enemy totally different than he treated them in the midst of the battle. In the midst of the battle. Warriors are not afraid to fight. You got to get in the thick of things before you'll see God move. Huh? Doctor tells you that you've got this and you won't get better. you terminal. You got to have this and you got to have that. And you say, well doctor, you know what? Don't sign me up for the surgery so fast. I'm going to go home and pray. And I'm going to see what God has to say about this. Amen. So it's in the midst of the battle that you will see God fight for you. He can't fight if you don't have any words out there for him to fight with. You've got to speak God's word into that situation. And that will stop the hand of the enemy. At least long enough for you to go home and cry. Oh God Lord have mercy. What are we going to do? Huh? And get <laughs> get your answer. Uh, you do what you got to do. Huh? I wouldn't be so cool and so assuming. You know, sometimes you know some things just hit you. You know, you go home and you you know God healed you the last time. You got to dig right in and get back there again and find out what it's going to take for you this time. You know the word will do it. You know God's faithful, but you got to get in there, folks. You just can't assume and go around with a cool confession. You know, I used to talk about people I would send tapes to, you know, with the word on there, give them instruction. I said the tape was the last thing they played at the funeral. You got me? Because sometimes they, people just don't hear and don't understand the instruction of God. But see, that instruction is still out there. So you got to go and get yourself together and get your instruction. And so after Moses got instruction, God told him to just keep walking. Huh? That's all you do. You set out walking, keep walking. Don't stop. Don't talk to anybody. Just keep walking. Huh? 
Whatever it is that, that God told you he's going to do for you, you get in the midst of doing it and keep doing it. The, the devil is trying to stop you from doing what God told you to do. And so if you keep going and keep walking, God, you find that God works with you, fights for you. If there's anything on that path of righteousness that opposes you, God takes care of that. And you stop and start whining and start wondering about whether you should quit or whether you know my feet is sore. And No, we don't have time for sore feet. We got to keep walking now. You got to keep walking. And so God brings them through. He finds out the Egyptians the Egyptians tried to 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 pursue them. Now this is the interesting thing. The children of Israel, the Bible says they went through that after the Red Sea parted, the water stood up all night long. That's to take care of all the scared people. can't run that fast that far that water gonna come down on he said no for all you scared people i'm letting it stand up all night long so you can believe he helps thou unbelief but in the meantime the ground dry the sand he said they, they walk through is on dry land in other words the devil tells you he's going to take your business under. He's going to take your job away from you and all that kind of stuff. Well, if you got to walk through mud, you're going to look like they got some kind of victory over you. Huh? Well, look at it. She came through, but her shoes all muddy. She looking all rough. I don't know if I'm going to serve that God. I mean, look what you got to look like to get your victory. No, you go through. You can go out in your stilettos and your, like on dry ground. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> go through on dry ground. Uh, he don't want you to smell like smoke. You don't look beat up. You just go through on dry ground. But the Egyptians' chariots, their wheels spun off because they got stuck in the mud. See, they came right behind the Hebrews. And it was dry for the Hebrews, but the Egyptians tried to do the same thing and got stuck in the mud. Where'd the water come from? See, God knows who's his. The ones who are his, he takes care of. The ones who are not, they get tied up in their natural situation and the natural elements so when they got across in in chapter 15 verse 1 he says after this is all done said then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song now I wonder what might have happened had they sung the song on the other side just a thought just a thought huh but they sang it and he spoke saying I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. In other words I'm going to build me an altar. I like this God. Huh? I'm going to invite him back. He said my father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. Just found that out. He ain't scared of nobody. Huh? The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his horse hosts as he cast into the sea. And his chosen captains also drown. Huh? You know that big bad person that's always up in your face? Uh, that one drowned too. Got that one too. 
Huh? The depths have covered them. They sank unto the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand has dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency has I overthrown them that rose up against you. When you belong to God, they rise up against him, not just you. You know, we think we all go for bad and stuff. You know, you see people run over. They, they see God behind us. They're not thinking about you. It's the God that you serve. And don't forget it. He says, with a blast of your nostrils. Isn't that amazing? God just sneezed. That's what that is. My nostrils blast when I sneeze. Huh? The waters were gathered together. He just blew his nose and all the waters heaped up. Huh? I like this God. <laughs> well, the flood stood upright as a heap and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said this. This is what the enemy thinks. I'm going to go after them. Huh? I'm going to pursue. I'm going to overtake Huh? You know, you tell your kids, don't hang around with so-and-so. They get away for a minute, and then they write back again. They say, enemy says, I'm going to pursue. I'm going to overtake. You keep standing. You keep walking. You keep praying. You keep doing what you know is right to do before God. You don't have time to sit down and tie your shoes up. You know, this is this is something that bugs me about saints. They don't know how to keep going. They want to sit and talk to somebody about it. They want to sit and feel sorry for themselves. They want to sit and tie the shoe up. And I'm just resting for a little bit. Huh? You only have so much time to pursue your deliverance. You don't have like all day and all that to ten years. Well, it's been ten years. I don't know what's taking you so long. A turtle could walk faster. Huh? It's the truth. You need to act like you know where you're going. Your your salvation, your deliverance is imminent. You need to keep at it. You need to hit the devil again in the head. You need to keep. Hmm? Act like you're annihilating something, you know. You do. You know, said somebody you done broke in your house and you done hit them one time and they kind of laying down there. You don't know if they dead or alive, going to move, not move, and you go fix you a sandwich and take a break because you're tired of whipping on it. <laughs> Craziest thing I ever thought of. Well, that's the situation here. You keep walking. You keep putting one foot in. You don't stop and talk about what. You don't stop and lament. You don't stop and cry. You don't stop and, you got me? Keep going. Annihilate the stinking devil. Because he's pursuing. He's coming after what you, you know, you've, you've got to, you hit him once and stopped him, but he's going to get up and pursue again. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll pursue, I'll divide the spoil. Mm-hmm. My lust will be satisfied. I mean, he'll do whatever he wants to do with your kids. Whatever he wants to do with your husband. Whatever he wants to do. He's a liar. And the only way he knows you're a liar is you get up and you hit him again. Uh, you got to hit him again. Hit him until he's dead. Huh? He says, he, and he said, you did, uh, he said, and I'll draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. It's a lie. 
He said you did blow with the wind and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Now how could he do that? He did it because Israel kept walking. In order for that water to come and devour the enemy, Israel couldn't have been in the middle of the sea stopping, whining, crying, talking, all that kind of stuff. They got to keep going for God to do his thing. You keep going and God, you'll look back and you'll see the enemies taken care of. He says, you did blow with the wind and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? I like this God. Nobody like you. Wow. Who is like thee? Glorious in holiness. Fearful in praises and doing wonders. You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. You and your mercy have led forth your people. Now you get mercy. But the enemy gets destruction if he's trying to destroy you. Huh? The mercy is for the righteous folks. He says they have re- led forth your people which you have redeemed. You guided them in the strength. Your strength into the holy habitation. He said the people will hear and be afraid. See this is a prophetic See, that I'm telling you, Moses could have sang this song before God ever did anything. Huh? Said people will hear and be afraid. Huh? You know, before they left Egypt, God told him, He said, I want you to go to your neighbor's house and borrow all their jewelry and stuff like that. Now, we're talking people who are slaves to these people coming, taking all of their valuables. Listen, by the time God had sent the locusts, the blood, and all the frogs, and all them plagues, then people said, oh, you, what you want? Okay, go. You leaving? Okay, that's good. Huh? Now, I've had people do that to me over the years, just to get rid of me. Here, you, you know, I, for some reason, I just want to give you this. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Thank you. Boom. Slam the door. Before you can get your little thank you out, they slam the door in your face. Okay. Huh? People shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take over, ho- hold on the inhabitants of Philistia. These were some of the strongest people. The dukes of Edom will be them. In other words, the strongest devil that you could send against me, devil, is going to be scared of my God. Huh? But you got to keep walking, folks. You got to be the person that stands and keeps walking. What stand means? Whatever God told you in the beginning that's still true, you stand on that and you keep walking with it. You keep declaring it. You keep talking it. Mm-hmm. It says fear and dread will fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone till your people pass over. In other words God will put them under Holy Ghost restraint. Until you're done with what you suppose. What he promised you you were going to get out that situation you're going to get it. Uh, you're going to get it. You know, I was looking at uh, some of the businesses here, and you know, this, uh, you'll see whole strip malls. Everybody's moved out. And then sometimes you'll see some in one person. I said, I bet that's the one that's trusting God. I bet you that's the one that's the, you know that whole mall will shut down, and you'll still be there with your lights on, people coming in, making money. Yes, absolutely. And he said, they'll be as still as a stone till your people pass over the ones that you have purchased we're the purchase of God folks he has bought us out of the power of the enemy we don't belong to the enemy anymore 
Miriam and the, the women got up and sang with their instruments. Everybody rejoiced. Why? Because they found that the Lord is a man of war. Amen. And Miriam even said that. Said the Lord is a man of war. The warrior song of triumph. Amen. Zechariah ten seven. Did we do that one already? All right. So this club is also for overcomers. It's also for overcomers. Warriors. Some people fight all the time and don't overcome anything. They just like to fight. This is true. People used to refer to the uh, different denominations, uh, you know, Baptist, Protestant, the fighting fundies, fighting fundamentalists, fundamentalist Christians. They like to fight over everything and they never want anything. They never get resolved anything. But we are warriors who overcome. Amen. It's different to be an overcomer. In uh, John 16, Jesus tells you why you can do this. 16.33. He said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. Hmm? And that's the Hebrew peace. Not just a good feeling or calm. Nobody's bothering me. <laughs> kind of peace. But this is a, a peace that speaks of a wholeness. An entireness. It means to be whole in spirit, soul, body. And the state, your belongings, your possessions. See, in, in Christianity, we're we're so concerned about spirit and soul, <laughs> but body's falling apart because we can't get it healed. And then you're broke all the time because your estate's all messed up. Well, Jesus said, when you have His peace, you're whole all the way down the line: spirit, soul, mind, body, and estate. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything intact. You recovered everything. Like David did. God told him pursue that demon. Because you will certainly recover everything. But you got to be willing to pursue. And be in recovery mode. You can't be afraid of the devil. You got to go after him. You got to go after him with the word. You got to go after him with the kitchen sink. With the hatchet. With the knife. With everything that you got. So he said, in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation or trouble, but be of good cheer. Joy is for overcomers, folks. Those who have overcome and have a mind to overcome. The faith to overcome always comes with joy. The Bible says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Huh? He laughs at the enemy's tactic. He said, "Look at that! Look at what he's trying to do down there." <laughs> he know he forgot that concussion I gave him at Calvary. Forgot all of that. He got to remind him now. So that's all we're doing in this life is reminding the devil of what Jesus has already done to him. It's just a reminder, huh? That's a re- uh, you forgot. It's a reminder. And give you give another one to take home with you. Huh? All of these reminders of what Jesus has done already. He says, I've already overcome the world. Revelation twenty one seven. Those who overcome will inherit all things. You've got to take a stand. 
the overcomer is always the last person standing the bible says when the son of man returns to earth will he find faith faith people are standers they are standing in the midst of difficulty in the midst of trouble in the midst of threats and adversity all of those things we are still standing in the midst of all of those things because we know our redeemer lives we know the end is coming and we know we will stand victorious in the end and so on earth we have to overcome many things God looks at us and how we function down here to see if we really believe him see this is where your faith is proven you don't need faith in heaven everything's right there for you we need it down here so that God can come for our words if we're standing in faith there's no doubt that he will come for our words he always comes for those who are standing in faith I can remember I was involved and I had a a share of uh, share in a co-op apartment in Cleveland and I we had moved out of it so long ago and, and Mac was staying there renting and the people had quit paying the taxes on it and quit paying and <laughs> it's just a mess and so all of a sudden I get this notice in the mail for eviction I said you can't evict me I own the property <laughs> you know it's like so I called this you know there's a lawyer's name on there and Mac was concerned he said why do you know they keep sending these papers can they evict us I said no they can't do nothing so they don't own nothing they can't do nothing well after a year going down to the the court you know it's a little the lawyer that they had hired there's some people that bought into the property and after a while didn't want it but they didn't want to just leave they thought they'd throw everybody else out devil and so uh, you know and I wasn't living there it wasn't like I was going to be on the street but there's a principle here you know it's a principle here never fight based on whether or not it's convenient for you or whether you want it and all the married people that separated or estranged said well you know now that I'm serving God he's just a heathen yeah but he's your heathen you jumped a broom with that brother when you was a hundred pounds and he was 150 150 you never fight based on how you feel you fight based on a principle this, this this is my possession it was given to me by God listen David went and, and inquired of God when all his stuff was stolen at Ziklag David inquired of the Lord and the Lord said yeah pursue and overtake and you'll get everything you know who was all in there David had about five or six wives had Pete repeat three Pete four Pete and seven Pete huh and it was written in the law of Moses you weren't supposed to have more than one wife God said yeah go get them because I'd rather have you have them and they it ain't legal for the devil to take it from you Amen. not going to let the devil take nothing from you Amen. and any man that thinks he's better off with six wives is crazy anyway I don't know what David <laughs> one is high maintenance he got six no wonder he stayed at the palace all the time and they was down the street somewhere. 
But I digress. Well, you know, it took me a year. I thought I'd go down there one time and get it over with. It took a year. But in that year, this little lawyer they had that told me, I'll I'll go down there in the first day. Well, it'll be over with. You know, I've worked with this judge before, and he'll do this, and he'll do that. Really? They said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a snap thing, and I suggest you. I said, really? So I said, well, maybe we do need to go to court. So I got in my word. Great woman to paste and flower gets in her word. You don't go down there assuming anything. So I go down there and they were t- had us in a little room outside and all this kind of nonsense and talking to to this mediator and it's well when are you going to pay and you're going to when are you going to catch up yours and I said I'm not paying you anything. And they said okay, well we'll go to court then. See? The first word you say that comes out of your mouth will turn it in your direction. See if I had gone down there scared and want to give them a schedule I'm going to catch mine up. You know, I don't owe you. I don't even know who you are. And lawyer says well, well you got to pay. Who is the court? I don't know these people. I'm not paying you nothing. And it was on. For a year it was on. I got home I talked to God and I told him I said you tell my late husband that he's got me in a mess because he should have taken care of this mess years ago (laughs) ticked off at everybody it's really mad but for a year I humbled myself and went down to court over and over and over again and at the end the same lawyer who stood there and told me how it was going to go didn't even want to show up anymore in fact he didn't show up sent his assistant I looked at him one day I said he used to come in real real dressed and everything I said hair all over his head and then I remember that about your enemies being confounded huh? and God said no he's confused he said he'd been back there scratching his head all this time trying to that's where his hair standing up everywhere is my tissue huh it's truth they won't know what to do with you about you or anything and so it turned around you know I wound up keeping my property you got me you don't let the devil have anything I don't care if you want it or not you don't let him have it it's a principle God gave it to you you're supposed to subdue replenish and cause the earth to prosper and not give the devil stuff away we've been trying too hard to get stuff away from the devil you don't give it back to him the last group that, that the joy club is for is for worshipers Mm-hmm. Psalm 121, 122, 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go in the house of the Lord. Going to church should make you glad. Thinking about going to church should make you glad. You shouldn't be trying to think of excuses not to come, but you need to be glad when prayer time comes. Glad when your prayer partner calls you and you got to stop what you're doing to pray. Glad. Glad to go into the house of the Lord. He says our feet shall stand within thy gates O Jerusalem. In other words that should be your confession. God my feet will stand in the sanctuary all the days of my life. Amen. Psalm 119 
verse 74 that one real long one man they shall fear thee they that fear thee will be glad in other words worshipers because I have hoped in thy word amen you glad because you have God's word to help you to hope for the right thing that should put gladness in you you have an answer from God you shouldn't be wondering whether it's he's going to do it for you you have your answer it's up to you to make it work for you huh it works by your faith it works by whether you put it to work for you so those people folks that we just talked about and I know you're included you're in the joy club Amen. You're in a club that you can't pay to get in. Amen. You fall into it big by God's design. He's designed for us to reside there. All right. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for blessing us to hear, know, and understand your word. To know what kind of covenant we have with you. We have a covenant of everlasting joy and eternal peace. This peace passes all understanding. It's a righteousness. It's a God righteousness that we have in you. And we thank you so much for it, Lord. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody needs